This is a HeadGum Podcast. This is why, this is why. Pop culture, politics, friendship, dating, work, parenting, news. This is why the podcast. Welcome to the This Is Why podcast. I'm journalist, author, and comedy writer, Laura Lane. And I'm author and editor Angela Sparrow. We are the co-writers of the book, This Is Why You're Single. Every week we give best friend advice on topics including pop culture, news, friendship, dating, workplace dynamics, parenting, and whatever else is on your mind. This week's episode is called Assert Yourself. We'll be answering your listener questions, including one listener who wants to know if she scared a guy off by asserting herself, and another listener who wants to demand transparency at her job. Then we're talking about what's in the news, including how nostalgia can help us cope with the pandemic and the lowdown on quarantine social media challenges. But first, Angela, what has been going on in your week? Well, I realized recently that I do not know any new music anymore, and it is specifically because I used to learn all new music from either being in an Uber and hearing the radio or being in a bar. Yes. So I'm very not I, cool anymore. Right? Like Uber I was say anymore I like as if I was 40. cool. <laughs> Back when I was really cool like six months ago. Yeah. Uh, no, I like – so now that I'm home, I just choose all the music that I listen to. So I'm just uh, – I mean we're going to talk about nostalgia later as a coping mechanism and I am listening to music that I am nostalgic about that makes me happy from better times. Uh, so I just don't know anything. And my parents – who listen to the radio probably because they have a car. So, you know, when you're driving around, you can listen to the they radio. Know what's, they know what's up. They know what's cool. They know what's up and they make fun of me. They say all my music is old fart music. And meanwhile, what? Every Your sing- parents are saying this? They, they say I'm an old fart and uh, my mom loves Ed Sheeran. My dad <laughs> thinks, my dad thinks that every song is Post Malone, which like, He's wrong most of the time, but just the fact that he knows who Post Malone is is very impressive to Yes, me. that is very impressive. I'm impressed uh, by your parents right now. Yeah. I do – There, I last time I was home, though, my mom was like, oh, Ed Sheeran, Ed Sheeran. And my dad was like, who, wait, who's Ed Sheeran again? Is that someone you know from church? So, no. You never know. It's cool. hit or miss. It's basically, it's still hit or miss. Yeah. But uh, as I was like having this epiphany, I saw on Twitter a Jezebel writer that I follow named Ashley Reese. She was actually tweeting about this like exact phenomenon and she's a theory about the algorithms and that's why Gen Z doesn't know any older music. She said, um, I stand by my theory that a lack of forced exposure to music, both old and new, thanks to the algorithms. What algorithms on what though? Like On like Spotify. So if you are listening, if uh, like all the music that's being suggested to you is based on music that you're already listening to. Yeah, but just like all you do is Google like I have a playlist that's like new indie music and I listen to just like my new indie. If you have the desire to do that, but a lot of people don't. It's like when we were younger, we just had no choice. We listened to the radio and whatever came on, came on. uh, And we couldn't really control it unless we put a CD on. So, because like there's like this whole TikTok challenge now of uh, I don't know if you've seen of like uh, high schoolers uh, playing music from basically when we were teenagers and like they raise their hand if they know the song and they don't know any like Destiny's Child like say my name whatever they don't know any of it which would be like us not knowing like Madonna music from the yeah 80s. that's cra- yeah that's crazy it's different yeah, different great. times yeah it's. Blame the algorithms. I blame the algorithm. That's an interesting uh, theory. Yeah. 
Have you listened to uh, the new Taylor Swift album? I have. It won't be yet, that new when this comes out, but I I want to listen to it just so I can get all the Twitter jokes about it. What are the Twitter jokes? What are they saying about Taylor? I'm sorry, I'm still a Taylor fan. I met her like 11 <laughs> years ago, and she was really nice. And I no, people her. like it. People do like it, but it's just like you know her being cottage core. Cottage core. What does that phrase? That's mean? the whole thing. It's oh my like god, flor- See, I'm floral not cool. dresses. <laughs> oh. Cottage core. That's- Picnic in the woods. Oh my god! I need you to tell me about more about these these phrases. Cottage. If you move, if you move upstate, maybe you'll become cottage core. I would love to. That's like love shack fancy clothes. I think. Yeah, I, I'm guessing. I don't know. I'm sh- yeah, flowy and floral. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, I need to know. Please remember, you're supposed to send me screenshots of fun things you see on Twitter, since I don't really go on Twitter. Next time I see Taylor Swift discourse, I will send it to you. And if you ever see a phrase like cottage core, like leap, like keep me in the loop on what that shit means. That I can definitely send you some some links. I can link you up. Okay, thank with you. Cottage core. Uh, it's basically an Instagram aesthetic, you know. Okay. Uh, what what's been going on in your week? So I got this email in our in our this is why the podcast account, and I just okay. wanted to discuss with you. Okay. This was the email. I think it said Laura. Imagine my surprise when scrolling through Apple Podcasts when I saw you staring back at me. Looks like you have developed quite a following. Congrats, girl. I never believed in you. Greg. Oh, my God. <laughs> so I kind of like glossed over the I never believed in you bit. And what the fuck? And then and I was like about to write back like. Because it took. So when I first saw this, I was just like, who the fuck is this person? Like, who is Greg? Also. It took me a long time to figure out that this guy went to college with me. And but like I have not I mean I I think he went he went to my college and he vaguely looks familiar in the picture I found on the internet. So I'm going to assume that I knew him in college. And I think I can like remember where like maybe he was a part of this frat but like barely. Like I'm like pulling at strings here. If like I've never met this guy in my life, I wouldn't be surprised. And so I like, it took me a while. It took me a long, I was like, girl, I was like, who the fuck is this person? To assume that I remember you. I have not, I graduated in 2007. Okay. It's fucking 2020. Like to assume <laughs> that I remember you from 13 years ago and to not be like, first of all, to not be like, hey, it's Greg from Lambda Chi. I don't know if you remember me, but like. <laughs> but I never believed in you. <laughs> But I'm so confused. Do you think, he, like, I'm like, was he being sarcastic? Like, there's definitely this person that I don't, like, I never, never had a relationship with them, never hooked up with them. I don't think any of my friends hooked up with them because I barely, like, I can, I look at this picture and I'm like, that picture looks like a vaguely familiar picture. I don't know who this person is. I am so confused, Angela, because it's like a major mean thing to say, but then I'm like, is was he actually being was he being sarcastic or was he actually just being a dick and doesn't like me? But why would he not like me? Like I was pretty I didn't really I mean, I had a couple I, I didn't get along with a couple of roommates in the dorms. But other than uh-huh. that, I didn't have any like male enemies in college. Like I don't have well, anybody that would like dislike me or for some weird reason. I'm so confused by this email, this person I went to college with supposedly. Well, I did because they went to my college. I finally found that out. What the it, fuck does this mean? 
it does. I mean, I don't read sarcasm from this. It would be weird to like expect you to pick up on his sarcasm after not speaking for this long with like no other indication that he's being humorous. And to assume uh, that I remember you. Like, do you know how like I took a long time to even like find a picture and to figure out you went to USC? I was like that. Like, I don't even. I mean. I say a long time and I'm, I mean like six minutes, like, which is like a longer than like a brief 45 second initial Google. Like I did not spend a long time on this stupid ass email, but like it took me like six minutes to finally be like, oh, oh, he went, okay. He went to USC. Okay. That's a picture on the internet. Do I know that person? Okay. Maybe I think. And then I read it again. I was like, congrats girl. I never believed in you. I would say he I don't even know you. I barely he, know you. I maybe know you. I don't know. He's pro- I, he's definitely trying to be supportive and nice. He just clearly doesn't know how to do that. You think he clearly is? Imagine my surprise when scrolling through Apple Podcasts when I saw you staring back at me. Looks like you have developed quite a following. Congrats, comma, girl. I never believed in you, Greg, with two Gs. Greg with two Gs. Also, Greg with two Gs. Greg with two G's. What the fuck? I'm angry that he assumed I remember who he, who I, who he was, which I did not from your full name and your fucking name, Greg. I, Greg? Who I've not. I graduated 13 years ago. I don't fucking know who you are, Greg. What are you talking about? This is a bad email. So are you going to respond? Well, what I would respond is be like, who are you? Like, <laughs> Why did you email? I don't even know. No, I mean, I was going to respond. It's fine that you never believed in me because I never knew you existed, Greg. I didn't even, like, I would never even knew. I'm so confused. Like, was he trying to be mean? And if so, why? Maybe why? he's neg- Maybe he's negging you. He's trying to pick you up. I'm so confused, Angela. I'm <laughs> so confused. It's like this person maybe hates me that I, like, didn't know existed. or maybe actually is congratulating me but is just like a weirdo that doesn't know how to send normal emails and just assumes people remember them after like 13 years which you shouldn't if I meet someone like three times and I haven't seen them in a few months I like refresh I'm like oh hey like Laura Laura Lane I I met you through Jessica like I'd never assume people remember who I am you should walk through life oh like Never assuming people are going to remember who the fuck you are. You're not that important. Just walk through life. Think like not to be mean, but like nobody is that important and nobody should assume that people were going to remember who they are unless it's like an actual friend. That's right. What I have to say about that. <laughs> Good lesson. Okay. That's all. That, that's what I wanted to talk about this week was a stupid ass email. I guess Greg should have believed in you. I guess. All right. I feel better now. I'm not so angry. Good. I'm glad we worked that out. It's time to jump into the mailbox. So first, let's take a quick sponsor break. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Coors Light Summer. It is without a doubt that summer is going to look a bit different this year. It already does. It already has festivals, weddings, Angela, (laughs) just brunching with friends all seem like things of the past. But just because our plans might change doesn't mean summer is canceled. I don't know. Is it canceled? Yeah, I'm having a great time this summer. (laughs) Uh, It's up to you. But, you know, I genuinely have been 
enjoying the sun, doing a lot of picnics and crack, and, and you know what? cracking open a beer. Yeah, drinking, definitely drinking. And when I do have that time to maybe see some people and and have a drink, I appreciate it all the more than I did before. Right. And Coors Light, it's a mountain cold refreshment and it is made to chill. Tell people what is up with the Coors Light. Okay. So like we said, this summer is going to be like un- unlike any other. Um, uh, and while some of our favorite events might be postponed, like, oh, I don't know, our weddings, summer isn't. So social distancing has pressed pause on many of our typical plans and left us feeling like summer is postponed. But it's it's not, guys. Summer is still out there. You just have to work a little bit harder to find it. Coors Light wants to make it easier for you to chill this summer and give you a break from the stress and pressures of daily life. Plus, the new Coors Light Summer can um, summer can does the work for you. It features sunglasses that literally turn blue when the beer is cold. That's and ready my to favorite drink. part. That's my favorite part, Angela. <laughs> a little science there. Um, so when you choose to turn off, reach for one. That for the one beer that's made to chill, literally, it is made to let you know when it is chilled. That's right. That's why Coors Light, it's the one we choose when we got to chill, when we need that moment of chill. So when you want to reset the summer, reach for the beer that's made to chill. You can have Coors Light delivered. This is my favorite part by going to get.coorslight.com and find local delivery options near you. Cannot forget this. I need to include this in the ad, and I'm happy to include this. Celebrate responsibly, guys. This is from Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. All right, Angela, what's in the mailbox? Okay, first up, we have a question from an anonymous listener who pretty much inspired this week's episode. The subject line of the email was assertive or scary. She writes, I went on a Tinder date with this guy right before Corona lockdown. It was a perfect date, casual drinks at a local bar, great conversation slash chemistry, and a sweet goodnight kiss after he walked me home. We planned to have another date the next week, but then lockdown hit and we both decided to stay safe and stay home. We kept in contact over the next two months, and finally, as things started to ease, I agreed to meet up with him again. Since nothing was open, he invited me over to to his place for dinner. We had another great evening of conversation, followed by extremely passionate sex, cuddling, and laughing. We continued to text, see each other three more times over the course of the next month, but but only ever in the evenings. I invited him to go on a day adventure multiple times, but he was always busy. Finally, one night, we were supposed to meet up, and he sent me a text saying he was too tired and that he would be a, quote, selfish lover, to which I replied, Hey, that's okay. I understand. On the topic of selfish love, I just want to be honest with where I'm at. I really enjoy spending time with you, but I'm looking to form a solid connection with someone. I've dealt with too many fuckboys to go through that again. If you aren't looking for the same thing, that's totally cool too. I'm just looking for someone to give me some attention sexually and emotionally. Smiley face. So to all that, he replied with, Hey, Fuck boys are good in small doses. Ha ha ha. No stress though. Do you think my response scared him away or was too forward for such a new relationship? I'm trying to be more assertive in relationships and ask for things I need, but it seems like every time I do, it backfires and pushes people away. Mm -mm. This is a tough one because there's like, you don't ever, I would never tell a woman not to be assertive and not to ask for what she wants. There's like a, difference though because you can say what you want 
with and like not be so kind of like I don't know I'm trying to think of how I would be on the receiving end of this I, okay that's okay on the topic of selfish love I want to be honest with where I really enjoy spending time with you but I'm looking to for a solid connection so is she saying she wanted to form a solid connection before she had sex no they already no, had, they sex. had sex though Okay. She's just saying, like, if they. So keep, why did she respond? Why? Why did? What made her send this then? Because I think they were only kind of doing evening hangs, which I guess implies they were just oh. like hanging out and hooking up. And he, and didn't he wanna, was like, too tired, do it. and he didn't want to be a yeah. selfish. Lover. Like basically, he didn't want to see her unless they were fucking. Hmm. Is the implication of that? Which well, he said he didn't want to be a selfish lover, meaning like. He didn't want to do anything to her, which is just kind of like gross of him to yeah. just like, like, really? It's that hard? Like, you want to just lay there? I mean, right. That guy's kind of stupid. Um, I'm looking to form a solid connection with someone. Um, I don't know. I just don't really communicate like this on either end. I don't know if I would, like, this guy, I, I would be a selfish lover. I would have maybe like responded something like witty to that, you know? Like, or something funny like like obviously I don't want to hook up with a dead fish or I don't know something right um and then at some point I would have like had the conversation and be like hey just so you know I'm not like just looking for like a hookup buddy or um especially in like quarantine with COVID going on I'm like I'm really only looking for like a a person that's like only dating me because not only is that smart right now with like health stuff but just relationship wise, that's like really what I'm looking for. Um, right. Instead of like, I don't know if I would have phrased it as like, I've dealt with too many fuck boys to go through that again. Cause like, from if I was receiving that, like, too many fuck girls to go through that again, I'd be like, whoa, why are you like kind of looping me into that and calling me a name? I mean, maybe he was acting like that, but still. Um, yeah, I just don't know if I would have like phrased it the way she did. I would have maybe joked back to his like selfish lover thing. And then, like, when you're really, like, on the phone or chatting, I would just be like, hey, like, if you're hooking up with other people and that's what you want, that's totally fine. But that's just not what I'm looking for, like, both emotionally and safety-wise with COVID going around. Um, so I just want to get on the same page with you. That's what I would have probably. Yeah. Said. I and think then, so. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't have a problem with anything she said, but I think the conversation she was trying to have is definitely – better in person or at least over the phone like you said because otherwise you know yeah it comes off as like a novel that he wasn't expecting and he's like whoa uh but regardless of that I will say you got your answer like he is clearly with with a response like that like he's telling you that he's a fuck boy like so do you really have to be upset that you quote unquote scared him off you scared right. off somebody you don't want to – you know what you're looking for and he's not it. So <clears throat> you found out a little sooner than you would have otherwise. But, like, I wouldn't sweat it with this one. But, yeah, in the future, I would say these conversations are definitely better in person. And, like, I'm sure it was, like, weighing on your mind so you just wanted to bring it up. But it's better if you can find a, a more natural way to bring it up. Right. Um. But, but yeah. yeah you I know. agree. But good for you for, like, saying what you want to just, like, yeah, he sucks, and yeah, just maybe don't have the, try to have that conversation in response to like him being kind of a weird text. Yes. Um. All right. What else we got in the mailbox? Okay. Next up, this is from our listener Jay. 
Jay writes, is there a way to call out upper management in your org to ask for a real look at how promotions, pay, and overall treatment of women and minorities are treated in your workspace without putting a target on your back during a time of economic downturn? I guess to simplify, how would you all go about advocating for yourself and others when the people you're challenging are, challenging are in charge of your paycheck? This is so difficult because these are conversations that need need to be had and management does need to be called out. Um, I don't know, like a passive aggressive way of doing it is like posting on Glassdoor, you know, like like management will not have conversations about promotions, pain, overall treatment of women and minorities. And they're very in the workspace and like that's a passive aggressive way of doing it. I don't know. I have not had a good experience when I've gotten to HR about basically like labor practices like I was working in a magazine that was asking me to basically hire like a shit ton of interns to do the work of people they had fired and that's just like it's literally against the law and I like refused to do it and went to HR and said like I think what they're asking me to do is like legal and then like we ended up like parting ways and it didn't go well so um I have not felt safe having these conversations and it kind of soured me on working in an office to be honest because I've had really bad experiences like and then I worked at a magazine after that and I was told I was doing a job a different I got changed to a different job where I was on air and they kept promising me that they were gonna like work out my contract and they just like stopped calling my agent and I was like still getting some like shit hourly pay and they like and I did that for like I did it because it was like a job that I enjoyed doing more than the like job I was getting paid hourly for but like it was this like stupid ass like male executive that basically lied to me and kept saying that he was going to pay me more for the job I was doing and then just like never did and wouldn't refute stop calling my agent and I didn't want to like walk away from this higher profile job but I wasn't getting paid right so I have not been successful and good at having these conversations and if I ever go back into an office place I promise myself that I will fight for what I deserve better because I've just had bad experiences I had a bad experience when I was trying to fight for like what I thought was like the legal labor practices and when I was fighting for my own um pay that I deserved as being on-air talent and um yeah, I'm not the person to ask. Uh, I, what's your advice, Angela? Help. I'm, I'm much say- better at telling people to fight for. I'm like, Angela, go ask for your promotion. But like, <laughs> I I thought that I was doing that. Like, I I in both situations, I thought that I was advocating for myself and what I thought was the right thing to do, and it just like didn't turn out well. So, I think yeah. I mean, it's it's extremely hard. And yeah, I'm uh, being honest. I'm being honest. That's not a good. It's not. So yeah, I don't want to. I don't want the takeaway to be "don't do it" because that's not what I'm right. saying. All I'm doing is sharing my experience that it did not go well, and I do think that like in this new climate, hopefully places will listen because they don't want to be called out and like they don't want to be like looped in as being. Honestly, they don't want to be like social media shamed. Whereas like I didn't really have that. Um, the yeah, it was like pre me too, you know, and pre right, right. and pre yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, and like the problems we're talking about are systemic. So it's really like it's it's not really going to change unless people at the top are changing it. So we're all just kind of working within the bounds of what we can do. But I would say what's what's worked for me, what's made a big difference is like having a- an ally at work. 
like having somebody like there, you know, there's power in numbers. You're always going to feel more confident coming forward about something if somebody's willing to come forward with you. So I think like finding people that you can trust to like talk about and like uh, having like sort somebody in a sort of mentor position, and then also paying it forward and trying to be that person for other people. But like uh, I've had coworkers who like like just having salary transparency between uh, other women in the office uh, has been really helpful mm. for me. Having those uh, conversations with other women. Yeah, because – Yeah, if they're you, willing to have it, hopefully they are, yeah. Yeah, I think like if you know what someone else is making and maybe you're not making that uh, but you didn't think anybody else was, once you know, then you have like – you can approach your boss with like more confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that also people – often don't speak up because they assume that somebody else is going to. The worst is that when someone's like, I'll tell you what I'm making, but like, don't tell anyone I told you because then it's hard because you can't use that information. You can't be like, I know that Natalie is making 20000 more than me, you know? You can't use it necessarily, but it might at least give you the confidence to know, okay, well, I'm doing just as good a job as that person. So I know that what I'm asking for isn't unreasonable. Mm-hmm. Because for me, like, I feel like sometimes I'll like talk myself into being like, well, what I'm asking for is too much. But if I know that somebody else at my level is making that, I'm like, oh, that's right. not crazy. I do deserve that. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. So having, and like, even like, there's been uh, situations before at places that I've worked where like somebody just said some unsavory stuff. And I think that I maybe would not have been confident enough solo coming forward and the other person wouldn't have done it solo but like yeah when you're together it makes more of an impact so yeah find find your work ally and maybe you can form you know some places bigger organizations usually have like subgroups for women and minorities like you know we had eric on from linkedin who was part of the black inclusion group and a lot of places have things like that and if your company doesn't have that maybe you can start something like that absolutely yeah if you it's like yeah, I think starting a group like that is a great suggestion. We hope that's helpful. Good luck. And I hope you do a better job than I did. Um, <laughs> if you want your listener questions answered, email us at contact at thisiswhythepodcast.com. Please be concise. You can also find all of our contact info on our website at thisiswhythepodcast.com. Uh, next up, we're going to dive into this week's topic about asserting yourself. But first, let's thank our sponsors. <laughs> We'd like to thank our sponsor, Curology. We have all dealt with skincare troubles. I don't know if it's acne, dry skin, oily skin, wrinkles, whatever it is. If you have never dealt with skincare troubles, I don't believe you or you're a unicorn. I don't know. But we are grateful to be working with Curology. Whether you're trying to take control of acne, fine lines, dark spots, or clogged pores, Curology will customize a prescription formula with three active ingredients picked for you to tackle your skincare needs. I don't know, that time of the month, I still break out a little bit sometimes. And and now I'm really working on, on just maintaining that youthful glow for the rest of my life, hoping that I can keep my skin looking glowy. So Curology will help whatever your skincare needs are to get your treatment plan you start by answering questions online about your skin and sending in a couple selfies to Curology. That is how customized Curology is, which 
I love because, you know, you go into a store, you don't know what to pick, you don't know what to buy. They help customize it for exactly what you need and what your skin needs. Next Curology matches you with a licensed dermatology provider who gets to know your skin. And if it's a good fit, you'll get a customized prescription cream to address your unique skin concerns. So this is very easy to do. Um, I It's a lot of fun answering questions about yourself and your skin and makes you think about it in a way maybe you haven't before. Then Curology sets you up with a personalized treatment plan and ships your custom formula right to your door. So like I said, it really, really helps with acne, which sometimes, you know, no matter where you're at in your skincare timeline, it can just pop up at any age. And I know Angela has just been chatting me up about how much she loves the moisturizer, keeping her skin all, all supple. So yeah, it's really great. It helps with, I don't know, texture, complexion, clarity, pore size, whatever you're trying to work on, they will customize a plan right for you. And that's what they did for us. So get a powerful skincare treatment made for you today. Go to curology.com slash this is why for a free 30 day trial. Just pay for shipping and handling. That's curology, C-U-R-O-L-O-G-Y.com slash this is why to unlock your free 30 day trial. See Curology.com for all the deets. This week's topic is assert yourself. Um, So by the way, one more thing about our last question I just wanted to throw out there. Uh, Even if you work for a small company where maybe you're like the only black person or the only woman and like you can't start a group, there are – you should look into like networking groups outside of your company. Like I have a friend who belongs to like the Black Lawyers Association where he can like be with other black lawyers and like talk about like what's your firm doing versus what's my firm doing and it helps. So look yeah. outside your company as well for support. Mm, I like that. For, for when you're asserting yourself like today's topic. So about asserting yourself, in my personal experience, uh, not being able to assert yourself, like express your feelings and needs both in the workplace and outside of the workplace in your personal life, uh, it can be because – one, maybe you're afraid of the repercussions of asserting yourself, or two, maybe you're doubting that your feelings are even valid at all, and you're afraid that if you speak them out loud and you're wrong, you'll be challenged and you know something will go wrong. We've all been there. It's happened to all of us. So some things that have helped me, like I said earlier, number one, having a support system to talk to and affirm that my feelings are valid. Right. Uh, number two, I would say playing out the worst case scenario for speaking my mind and then realizing that the worst case is usually something that I can live with. Um, it's usually at least better than the nagging feeling of not speaking your mind. Um, and three, remembering that other people are not mind readers. So you can't be upset about not getting what you want if you don't ask for it. If you just assume that other people know what you want and what you're feeling you're likely wrong. They're probably not thinking about you all that much to begin with, enough to know what your wants and desires are to go out of their way to like accommodate that. So no, I know speak it, up. it's hard. People can't emotionally carry everybody else in the office. So hopefully you have a good boss with empathy, but a lot of the time, like there's just so much going on. They're just not thinking about that as sad as that is. Um, asserting yourself can be difficult for women in particular. Women struggle with it because they're worried they don't want to be bitchy or emotional or difficult, which I can definitely relate to. 
Our listener Kay wrote in and said, why is it that when I assert myself, people act like I'm overreacting, but when a guy asserts himself, then he's confident and strong. Yep. I mean, that's a problem. Another yeah. listener, T, wrote, I've always had issues with this because I don't want to seem rude. So my question is, how do you assert yourself without seeming like a complete bitch? And I think it is like the way you go about it. It's like you could, you have to do it not emotionally, like hold the tears, just be confident, very straightforward, calm, you know. Um, and th this is what I deserve. Bustle wrote a piece about this and spoke to a psychotherapist named Judy Belmont, who said women in particular have been culturally trained not to be open about their needs. And when it happens, they're labeled as aggressive or masculine. Cultural training can be hard to fight against, but it's important that you get what you want and need out of a relationship and recognize when that's not happening. And Angela, you mentioned a lot of this is like systemic and like it has to change at some point. So why not with us? Why not with you? That's right. And it is, this is kind of the moment, yeah, where where people seem to be listening a little bit more than they used to. Um, so yeah, speak up. Uh, the idea of asserting yourself is also, it just has like a negative connotation, like you have to be nasty or pushy, but asserting yourself doesn't necessarily mean being like aggressive. Uh, it doesn't have to be that way. So some things that can help you with asserting yourself, but not being like a polarizing person is um, whether it's work or relationship, maybe set up a time to speak to the other person so that they are giving you their full attention. They're not like doing other things and you're interrupting them to talk about this thing that's important to you. Um, use I feel statements, but also make sure you're speaking in periods, not question marks, which I know that a lot of women tend to, it's called up speak when we like say something like, I think I deserve a raise. Yeah. And it's is like, is that a question or a statement? Right. Um, which I do all the time. So you all the train time? yourself not to do it. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> all the time. Um body language is important. So sit up straight and don't play with your jewelry or click your pen, which Laura knows I do from being in meetings together. Oh my god, I used to get so mad at Angela. Angela would probably never want to talk to me for a while after we finished pictures, but she would like be clicking her necklace or her jewelry in a pitch meeting because she'd be nervous and be like put your fucking hands in your lap and stop. <laughs> Which was a good lesson. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I was assertive, but I was also kind of bitchy. I, you can be I both. I did get slapped. Can, I did get my hand slapped. You can literally. be, you can be assertive and a bitch. That's possible. <laughs> uh, yeah, you can be. doesn't always work out well, but you can be. Unfortunately, Finally, have specifics ready to make your point. So, for example, if you want to raise, have the reasons ready. And, you know, I need more money is not a great reason. Like, <laughs> you know, you can't just be like, I really want a nicer apartment. So give me a raise. No. Uh, show the numbers. Show. Yeah, show. show, show no, but really show the numbers. Like show how many listener, you know, um, readership you've gotten up at your company or how much money you've brought into your company. Like, like show, show the facts. Um, of why you deserve it. And on that note, it's time for What's in the News. All right, Angela, what have you been reading in the news? Uh, so I was reading Nat Geo, which I never read, but it was a fun one. Uh, they had a piece by Nicole Johnson called The Surprising Way Nostalgia Can Help Us Cope with the Pandemic, uh, which is 
totally something that I have not just been – I haven't just been like seeking out old movies that I love and music and stuff, but I also feel like on like my darker days, I'll just get random flashes of like childhood – like mundane childhood memories. It just has been happening a lot Whoa. during the pandemic. Um, and I think that it it is like a comfort thing. Like I'll literally just have memories of my mom driving me home from school and I'm like, ah, this feels nice. <laughs> that's so weird uh it's, it's also kind of creepy thing. it's like it's like on your deathbed when you see your whole life flash before your eyes well i sort Death of feel like all- i'm dying so. Yeah, so um i know dark but so this is this is the reason for it they said um once considered a brain disorder nostalgia is being embraced <laughs> i know brain disorder apparently nostalgia is a, or was thought to be a brain disorder but it's uh it's not and it's being embraced due to its psychological benefits in times of crisis um clay rutledge who is a psychology professor at North Dakota State University and the author of Nostalgia, a psychological resource, said, I believe many are turning to nostalgia even if they do not consciously realize it as a stabilizing force and a way to keep in mind what they cherish the most. There have been recent studies that uh, that track the effects of COVID-19 on entertainment choices and more than half of consumers reported finding comfort in revisiting both television and music that they enjoyed in their youth. Uh, there's been lots of TV, uh, lots of cast reunions on like virtual platforms. There's been uh, a return to drive-ins, although that feels like less nostalgia and more necessity because we can't be inside. Um, But even fashion, games, uh, people are dreaming more about their childhood apparently. So it's it's interesting to know that like this is definitely a, a thing that has been happening to me and I'm not alone. Yeah, I know. Um, I'm trying to think if like I've been looking for any like nostalgic stuff. Not really, just escapism. I definitely like. I am in less of a mood to watch new things. I've been watching a lot of the same older movies. Um, and yeah, they said that uh, another psychology professor said generally people find comfort in nostalgia during times of loss, anxiety, isolation, or uncertainty. Well, there you go. That's yeah. definitely a time of uncertainty. That fits, it is. It fits the bill. Yeah. Um, so I've been reading New York Magazine. Um, they did a story about a while back. There was that social media women supporting women challenge. And as soon yes, as I... F- which I'm I'm unclear on. Oh, my God. Works. I I mean, I instantly... I know that there's a black and white photo yeah. involved. I instantly hated it. So a friend sent it to me and I screenshotted it and sent it back to her and was like, did you get spammed or was this actually you sending this to me? LOL. Because this, oh, no. this is before I like blew up everywhere. And then I realized she was like trying to be nice and say something nice, but it's unclear what. Um, so... I want to talk a lot about just quarantine chain mail viral shit in general. First, there was like the quarantine recipe exchange that went around. And on one hand, I don't want to be left out of stuff. I like people including (laughs) me. I also just don't want to do any of this and think it's stupid as shit. And I got like five quarantine recipe exchanges. I'm sorry. I broke the chain. Didn't respond to any of them. And then there was like the black square that became a hot mess. Like, were you supposed to post it? Were you not? You weren't doing You weren't posting it correctly. And now there's like this like women supporting women thing. So they're calling it a challenge. And New York Magazine writes very funnily or very funnily, very humorously, humorously that according to most dictionaries and accepted linguistic norms, the word challenge indicates a difficult, complex (laughs) task. (laughs) 
Anyways, the, this challenge is like posting a hot black and white photo of yourself, which I like, it's like immediately you should just know not to do it. And then, um, so some recent examples include like the pillow challenge, which saw celebs posting with a pillow belted to their front, cheekily naked. I don't remember that one. Um, anyways, then there, we're recording this like the week this is happening, but there's the women supporting women slash hashtag challenge accepted challenge, which asks ladies to bravely post the most flattering black and white selfies on their cameras for their sisterhood. If you're confused by the premise, they write, don't worry. Many people seem to be <laughs> unclear how the challenge started and what it's supposed to achieve. But so far, over 3 million posts have accumulated. Let's lean in for a closer look. So like a rain, literally, Angela, the only reason that I was finally like, all right, fuck it. I'll post like a hot picture of myself in black and white. What do I care? Is because such a range of like celebrities that I actually like and think are cool were posting like art directors like Lena Waithe like 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 celebrity like it was like a range of celebrities where I was like oh okay if this person that I actually think is cool is doing it it's not just Reese Witherspoon then like all right maybe I'll guess I'll post my block in my picture I don't know why I'm doing this I don't know I hate I hate all this stuff but all right guess I'll do it so an Instagram spokesperson said this hashtag is, quote, meant to celebrate strength, spread love, and remind all women that supporting each other is everything. I already hate this, and I'm already, like, mad that I posted a picture. Maybe I'll delete it after I record this podcast. Un unsure. <laughs> but it was a cute picture of me, so maybe I'll keep it. Who knows? Um, <laughs> it's just so stupid. This is all just so stupid. What is this? Just reminding women to support each other? Yeah. By posting a cute picture of yourself? I don't understand. So. Apparently, this started by some Brazilian journalists. They're, it's unclear why, although some people are speculating that it's the result of AOC's electric uh, house speech on the House floor where she addressed being called a, quote, fucking bitch by a male colleague. So people are saying, like, it's in response to that, but I'm skeptical. But I think the weird thing is, like, sort of similar to the black square thing where it's like, okay, but what you're – like the content of the caption should acknowledge that and like maybe tell your story about when you've been called a bitch or whatever. For but sure. like just saying challenge accepted and putting like a hot I picture hate of it. yourself. I'm already like what? I'm already mad that I like did it. I think I'm just going to delete after this. Okay. So they say, is it meant to be feminism? Maybe. Depends who you ask. <laughs> Nobody knows. Nobody knows. And then some people, of course, are – posting pictures of Brianna Taylor and saying like hashtag challenge accepted, but I'm using instead of my picture, I'm doing Brianna Taylor, which like, yes, we should be justice for Brianna Taylor. I'm so, so behind that. But like, like then I'm like, Oh, I'm, are people jerks for posting actual pictures of themselves? Like, yeah, everybody would be better if the internet was just flooded with Brianna Taylor pictures and, well, I don't know or we were seen... actually calling. Yeah. I, I don't know. There, there's been a lot of talk about how, for whatever reason, Brianna Taylor specifically, there's been this sort of like memification of her and her death, which like people are like, why are you doing this? Why do you do this with a woman's death? Like, yeah, like where, you know, they'll put her name into like popular meme formats under Ugh. the with, with like the intent of like keeping her name relevant, Re relevant. And her story relevant. Okay. But it's like it just like trivializes the whole thing. It's like just this is not a time to be cutesy. Like just write about what happened 
We don't need to like memify it. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. Um, so anyways, I hate this shit, but then I posted my like cool picture and I regret it because like challenge accepted. Like what? Wait, Wait yeah, what it's challenge? Too vague. I don't, I don't what know. What is the challenge? What is I don't, the challenge to support women? Yeah, sure. Of course. Duh. That's what I, yeah. By posting a pic, hot picture of myself. I don't know. I hate it and I did it and I'm the worst. That's what well, I we have. we all love a reason to post a good looking picture of ourselves. I mean, let's I should just, let's I'm, just normalize doing that anyway. I kind of want to just get rid of the caption, just like hashtag it TBT or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, that's it for this week's This Is Why podcast. Check out our book, This Is Why You're Single, and my new book, Cinderella on the Glass Ceiling and Other Feminist Fairy Tales. They're available on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and we encourage you to buy them and support your local indie bookstores. Yep, and you can get hooked up with discounts from all of our sponsors. For full list of sponsors and the code, check out our podcast page on thisiswhythepodcast.com. We're also on social, so you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at thisiswhypodcast. Please like and subscribe on iTunes. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week for a whole new show. Bye. Bye. This is why, this is why. Pop culture, politics, friendship, dating, work, parenting, news. This is why the podcast. That was a headgum podcast. <laughs>